This is Brian Q. Miller. This is John Carlo Volpe. Hi, my name is Jeremy Adams. Chris Jones. This is Jason Spizak. This is Josh Keaton. It's Phil Morris. And you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's <laughs> entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the world. None of the Robins ever complained. Titans go! You're going to melt just like a green sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on strong. I said I'd never leave escape my sight, but those who worship this might be where my power green lantern lies. I let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways, DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews, cut all of the imaginative content DC Comics provides for its fans, including comic books, animation, TV shows, and movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. Got with me is my co-host, our very own... Michael J. Petty. Got Michael in your awesome announcer man voice. Can you tell everyone what we're doing today? Got this really epic action-packed episode of the DC Nation podcast, where basically everything means war. Absolutely, Dan. On this week's episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be covering the animated feature film Justice League War, which is based off the Jeff Johns and Jim Lee Justice League origin story from the new 52 uh we also have a few uh dc comics headlines to give you as well and yes yes and where are we going to go into those dc headlines now michael it's got some exciting stuff first of all before we get into the one that i just shared with you dan i do want to announce that the official logo as well as the official series description for fox's gotham came out today Ooh. At time of recording, yeah. It and I was reading the description. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty sweet. And the way it sounds, Dan, it almost sounds like Alfred and a young Bruce Wayne are going to be recurring characters on this show and not just one-time things for the pilot. Cool. Which makes me happy because it seems like Jim Jim Gordon is going to be uh, starting a friendship between himself and a very young Bruce Wayne. How does that have to do with his experience being there when God uh, Bruce's parents are killed? Yes. Okay. Yep. Very neat. So very if, cool. So if you want to read the about on the show and or, and or see the logo, go to fox.com slash Gotham because it's it's right. Everything's right there. They even have their own Twitter handle now at Gotham. So nice. pretty sweet. God, this is going to shut down those naysayers. It'll say, well, this show would be better if Batman was involved. Yeah. So Batman is kind of involved. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. So there you go. God, I'm looking forward to that show. It's going to be good stuff. Plus, he's 12 years old in the show, Bruce Wayne is. So, it, yeah. you know, he has enough time to start training. Can be a character that could be developed as exactly. well. Exactly. Yep. So we do have that. On the other side of the spectrum, on the CW side of the DC universe, we have yes, the first official look, not just the head but of the full Flash suit for the Grant Gustin Flash TV series that will be premiering in the fall on the CW. Hopefully, 
as long as the pilot uh, goes well and is recepted well. I think that's going to happen. Don't worry about that. I do too. I'm not even worried. They're filming it right now, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff and the official images, it, it all looks fantastic. I'm not yeah. worried. It, it's kind of like how it was with me for Arrow. I was never worried that it was not going to be picked up. Right, exactly. God, the costume is unbelievable. It's got, got darker red, which is good. Because yes. I think that fits more into a realistic world or a world of a TV show. Much better than a bright red muscle suit. Now, Dan, would you say that the darker red is kind of like how they did it on the old Flash show or how Wally West had his Flash costume after Barry Allen returned in Flash Reaver? Yes. But also, I think it makes sense. I mean, you, you, you thinking in terms of a TV show, you don't want a character running around. That's basically a bright red target. Right. It just looks silly. Right. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm really looking forward to how they do the super speed and how they do the fight sequences. That's what I'm excited about. And Jeff John said that they're using some new technology to do some of that stuff. Very so they're going to cool. try to make it look different than it did on Smallville, which is neat. I like that. That's very cool. I don't know what they could do on a CW budget, but okay. Hey, even if they do something on the level of the small effects we got on seasons eight through ten of Smallville, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, as long as the content and the show is good. Just slash the budget for Beauty and the Beast, then you're fine. Exactly. 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 I'll also renew tomorrow, people, please. Yes. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, don't watch the 100. That's all I've got to say. Don't? No, because that's going to replace the tomorrow, people. The tomorrow, people is getting moved to Mondays. Ooh. So if 100 does better on Wednesday nights, get that time slot. Look out, tomorrow, people. Oh, that's disappointing. I really enjoy watching the tomorrow, people, after Arrow. And the 100 doesn't interest me at all. So I'm really hoping tomorrow. I was, was going to give the pilot a shot, but now that you say that, I'm not even going to give it a chance. Don't watch it. <laughs> watch tomorrow, people, though, before the following on Monday nights, though. Sweet. Because now that all this human's over. Yeah. Just watch tomorrow, people, instead. That, that works so well. I love yes. that. That's good. Yes. That's that's very good. But yeah, so the Flash suit, guys, definitely check that out. You can find that on the DC Comics website. I'm sure you can find that on pretty much any internet news site at this point. Um, yeah. But definitely DCComics.com, they have it as well. So definitely check that out. It's amazing. Yes, give them some hits. And give us some hits. But... Yes, for sure. <laughs> we need all the hits and clicks and whatever you could give us. Exactly. Yes. But that's all I got um, for the uh, announcements for this week, Dan. All right. That was good stuff. Big stuff. And check out the Gotham website as well. Yep, absolutely. Okay, with that, we're going to get into the main event that makes me think of a song from the movie Rush Hour because of its title. <laughs> yes. Closing song idea. Closing song idea. So let's talk now about Justice League. Whoa. Justice League War is a direct-to-video animated superhero feature, which is an adaption of the Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, Justice League origin storyline directed by Jay Olivia and scripted by Heath Corson. 
It is the 18th film of the DC Universe animated original movie series, and it's the first to be set in the New 52 continuity. There's 18 of these movies already? I know. Isn't that nuts? That's wow. a lot of money I've been spending. I've seen all 18, yes. <laughs> that is a lot of money I've been spending. Oh, my. What are you well spent, though? Well, definitely well spent, for sure, but still money. <laughs> Nonetheless. Well, they've got us where our wallet is now. Trust me. Especially after this one. Yeah, I just counted. If if you count The Dark Knight Returns as one film, it's eight, it's the 18th one. But if you count it as two, it's the 19th. Wow. That's really crazy. Yes, it is. Wow. Well, with this one, uh, pretty solid adaptation. From the comics. At least it started out the same way. Mm-hmm. Guy, what's nuts about this one is it's an origin story that jumps right into it. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of Nolan style entrance to the Justice League here. Where it's just whammo, bammo, we're right in the middle of the conflict. Batman Green Lantern. Take it yeah. on Parademons. Well, and I don't, I don't think you could have started it a different way. Right. It, it's kind of pretty straightforward. A lot of people, I think, would argue that it should start with Batman and Superman. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't disagree with that. Um, Jeff Johns likes to mix it up, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's a big Green Lantern guy, so obviously. Well, the interaction between uh, Green Lantern and Batman is probably. One of my favorite parts of the story, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they really kind of have a tight moment throughout this story, and I really like that. Yes. On the other hand, a friendship that kind of got dropped to the cutting room floor with the film was Flash and Green Lantern. Yep. I mean, it was there a little bit, but we didn't have, like, Cal on the phone with um, Yeah, Barry. that was sad. Yeah. Because I really liked, because the entire fight scene between Batman, uh, Green Lantern, and Superman, I was waiting for Green Lantern to call Flash so yeah. he could separate them, and right. that didn't happen. I was very disappointed. And I thought that was a very profound moment in the, in the comic book that establishes who the Flash is what his role is on the Justice League. Well, and I, and I think it really establishes too, not just his role in the Justice League, but the fact that he stands out from all the other heroes. Right. Just in his own in his own way, not just because of his colorful costume, but as a person, he's different than all of them as well. Well, at least they saw the moment where he wanted to meet Batman, and he yeah. idolized him. Yeah, that was cool. That, that was an important part. But why do you think they took a different route with the Flash? With him having the friendship with uh, Dr. Stone, Victor Stone's dad, all of that stuff. I don't know. I think they kind of, with this film, really wanted to shy away from a cyborg origin story. And I think okay. it, I think in order to connect, because, because hold on, if we go back for a second, if yeah. the comic, in Justice League Origin, 
I felt like half the story was kind of just the cyborg origin story. I mean, it wasn't just that, but there was a large part of it taken out specifically for cyborg. Yes. And I think with the movie, they wanted cyborg to be a big character because DC's really promoting him for some, for some reason. Right. But they also wanted to get on with everything and keep people engaged and not get lost in the fact that cyborg is this big character because quite honestly, out of all the heroes, he's probably the least important. Yeah, because the story takes a big detour in the comic. Yeah. To follow Cyborg. Yeah. And this was a combination. Plus, yeah. it kept the action going. Oh yeah, there was a there was a ton of action in this one. Tons of action. I mean, it's it's like a nonstop fight scene. Yeah, it basically is. But there's character development, which is really it makes it a really special story. Yeah. Very different. Well, and I think tying the Flash to the Silas Stone, I think really, I, I think it also shows who Barry is to an extent because it yeah. shows he himself is a scientist, right? And he himself is interested in this stuff, and he doesn't just show up out of the blue because Green Lantern calls him. He shows up because he had a he had a place in all of this initially, right? So I think maybe that was another reason. I agree. And uh, Shazam, and then also Shazam was introduced. That was a change. Yes, I like this story. What they did with it for his relationship with Cyborg. I agree. Kim and Billy, and Billy inspiring him, and that getting him out of his funk of essentially being turned into a cyborg. Yeah, I thought that was a very good moment, and they've. Done a lot of good stories to that capacity with Cyborg. God, that was missing from Justice, uh, Justice League Origins, the comic. So I'm yeah. glad they put this in the film version of it, War. I thought it was very good stuff. I agree. Also, it got us through Billy's origin much faster than it did in the comics. Yes. Where we were waiting weeks for it all to come together. Mm hmm. Well, and the problem with that is, is they didn't just take one issue of the Justice League book. They had multiple issues where it was just a backup story and two issues full right. of just basic fight scenes. Yes. So at least here, they kind of completely went away with his origin and just brought him in. Right. Which, to an extent, was good. To an extent, I kind of wanted a little more out of him because he was there. But at the same time, I was still mad that they didn't put Aquaman in instead, because that's who it is in the comic. Right. And uh, I don't know what the thought process was for that. Um, I think it was to try to get Shazam's origin story out of the way, because he is necessary for what I think they're going to do forever evil in a movie. Okay. Because if they're going to do Throne of Atlantis like we saw in the ending credits. Right. Then I think that they're going to do that. Um, if they're going to do that story, I think they're going to do Forever Evil. That would be cool. I mean, how can you not do it? Well, and and the only way I think you could have gotten around not having Shazam in this movie, I guess, would be if you did what they did with like the Superman Shazam Return of Black Adam. Okay. Where, where you do something like that. And you put it on the Justice League War DVD, but it's Shazam's origin. Or you put it on. I the thought about that too when watching it. Yeah. 
Yeah, or the Throne of Atlantis uh, DVD, whenever that one ends up coming out. Well, and we also kind of need an Aquaman origin. To right. In that case. Right. But I think that's going to be explained through flashbacks during the Throne of Atlantis movie. I think so, too. Because they have to explain the Volku character, who's sort of a mentor slash villain to Aquaman in that story. Yeah. So it'll be taken care of there. Also, the story kind of took a different direction with like the king of Atlantis being revealed as killed. Got the end of Jeff John's run. The, well, at the end of this movie. Oh, also that. Yeah, when Ocean Master comes out. That's interesting. So there's that too. There is that. But does that mean are they talking about Aquaman? Because there is no other king at this point because he should be dead. No, I think I, I think Aquaman's still out there. Well, I think ha- Aquaman's living with Mira at the lighthouse. Okay. God, his father was in charge at the time. Okay. So they're without a leader, kind of. I hope that's the case. I, th- I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, they didn't kill off Aquaman away. Jeff Johns wouldn't do that after having such a great run. No. And his run was fantastic. Good, so I, I think they're going to make a full movie attributed to Aquaman celebrating that great run. Okay. That's where I think it's going. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Calm. As far as the other heroes went in the movie, Wonder Woman's story was pretty much the same. It's, I think it reminded me how much I hate New 52 Wonder Woman. Well, it was the protesting stuff was, I think, brought out a little bit more so than it was in the graphic novel. Right, exactly. Which well, was. She's just so dang brutal in the new 52. Yes. Like, quite honestly. she likes ice cream. Well, and she likes yeah. ice cream. And that's good. Yeah. And, I, and I did like that. And I like that in the comic, and I like that here in the movie. But my, I guess my huge issue with Wonder Woman in the new 52 is she's so brutal that it doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever that Superman would be attracted to her. So their whole relationship doesn't even work for me because of that. God, they really played up the flirting between them and this. They did, and I didn't like that either because it's it's literally one line in the origin, and they don't even do anything for five years. Yeah, I I felt like I feel like they're overplaying it. Well, the the plane thing that was new. That was the Air Force Air Force One. Yeah, because then she's like, "You're strong." And he's like, "I know," and I don't know. It's yeah, kinda... the "You're strong," I know. I mean, that part's in the comic, and that's fine. But then they continue to do it. Yeah. I always, I always took the Wonder Woman Superman attraction as more of a joke thing. I did too. Or a fantasy. Yeah. And now it's being kind of taken out of control. Yeah. Even though I heard the Superman Wonder Woman book's good. The Superman Wonder Woman book is probably the best Superman book because it's really just a Superman book with Wonder Woman as a supporting character. Okay. That's literally all it is, and it's fantastic. I didn't think I was going to like it at all, but the writing is great. Tony S. Daniels on art, so that's great. And the story is great because you have Zod and Feora as the villains right now. 
Cool, that's kind of cool. It, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And Feyora looks exactly like she did in the movie. Cool, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. Which is cool. Zod looks a little different, but Feyora yeah. looks the exact same, which is cool. Okay. I like it. I think it's a great book. Cool, yeah. I mean, as you're doing Zod, Feyora, you can't go wrong with that. No. Kinda, and it seems like they're not overplaying the romance, though. They're not, which is so strange because every other book with them in it is. Like, Batman Superman, oddly enough, overplays the Superman Wonder Woman romance more than the Superman Wonder Woman book. Okay. Is that not the weirdest thing? Yeah, it's odd. It's so strange. I ugh, I don't like it. I do not like it. Yeah, and there were a few more lines in this that alluded to the romance. Yeah. Between Superman and Wonder Woman. I, I think it'd be cool if they did the villain's journey as an animated feature, the second arc of the Justice League book, but the yeah. only problem with that is, I don't want them to end with the kiss. Yeah. And that's what they'll do. Yeah. I think they're going to skip that. Because they, they didn't add... If they were going to do that, they would have showed the family get saved. Yeah. And they would have showed the Justice League books at the end. Yeah. Because they didn't do that. Right. Which was good. Yes. Which was good. Even though I did like that part in the comics because it paid off in the right. next arc. But yeah. No, I agree. Cause then there was this weird allusion to like Lois hooking up with Steve Trevor. Yeah. Because they were together by themselves in that one shot. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I don't like that either. No, I don't think they're going to go there. I mean, especially after with the Smallville comic where they allude to having a thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't ever need to hear that again. No. <laughs> I don't ever need to hear that yeah. again. <laughs> and, and I still liked the Olympus arc in Smallville Season 11. I liked it a lot, actually, if you read, read it all as, as one big thing. But yeah. I just I didn't need to hear that. I didn't need it. But if, if I hear that again, you want, you want to, like, jab your eyeball out with Wonder Woman's sword, right? Exactly. Yes. Well, well, and it doesn't help that Spallville's Lois Lane hooks up with literally every other big player in the DC universe before Clark. I thought Darkseid and his fight was handled very well. Yes. At the end of him. Yes. God, I was glad they voiced him kind of like the the Frank Welker version. The big gravelly voice. Oh, yeah. From the, the what, what version of Super Friends is that? That's uh, Galactic Guardians. Galactic Guardians, yeah. I'm kind of glad he kind of had a voice like that. That yeah. was very cool. That was cool. I don't know. I still, I'm really partial to the Michael Ironside voice. So every time I hear Dark Side or read Dark Side, I want it to be his voice. Yes. Um, kind of, I mean, that's what we grew up on. So yeah. So, I mean, so that I'm open to new voice actors now because I'm like, okay, they're younger and it's a different universe. Yeah, I know. I, I just, yeah, a lot of those actors are getting older. Unfortunately. I mean, there's a point where they're going to retire. So I'm like, okay, I'll take no Kevin Conroy as Batman. But the guy that they got. Jason O'Mara. Yes, Jason O'Mara was very good. He's kind of a cross between Adam West and uh, Kevin Conroy, which is interesting. Yeah, he was pretty good. He's got that how right you are inflection to his voice. 
but it's more gruffer. That's funny. Yes. Yeah, it kind of does. A little bit. It's like, okay, I, I, like that. I did like Alan Tudak as Superman, but yes. I, but the problem is is that in this arc, Superman is so unpresent. He didn't really get a chance to play the character. Yeah, he didn't really get the chance to play Superman. So I hope in Throne of Atlantis they bring Alan Tudak back because I would I would really like to see him do it again. And if not him, I would not mind um, Sam Daly again because I really like Sam Daly. I think they need, they need to use this cast again to keep up the consistency. Well, I know Jason O'Mara is doing Batman again for the Son of Batman animated movie. Okay. Which is set in the same continuity as Justice League War. And it's going to be... Um, about the Batman and Sun arc where Damien first appears. Because the thing is, I think that's what they should do now. I think every you know every story arc they have big, that's a big story arc, make it into a movie about a year later. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think they can make a consistent amount of money doing that. Yeah. Every so often. Yeah. Because, I mean, these things, when they come out, they're huge. They're incredibly hyped. They're like blockbuster events. Why don't you add an animated movie into the mix on it? Can make even more money off of it. Yeah. I mean, truly, though, I'm waiting for a Sinestro Corpse movie. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's truly the one I probably want most. And, and I hope that they're they're not putting stuff um, pre-New 52, like... They're they're not going to make those things. Coming up, they they're still open to that. Well, I mean, obviously they're not because the Son of Batman movie is based off right. an arc that Grant Morrison, I think, wrote. Yes, before New Fifty Two. Before the New Fifty Two, so so I I think we're probably safe there. Yeah, as far as that's concerned, I know they're making another one this year uh, because it's Batman's seventy fifth anniversary, uh, based off the Arkham games, and it's going to be set within that continuity. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's called Assault on Arkham. I want to say. A lot of people were saying that they hoped that they used the CGI for the game to animate that one. That would be pretty cool. I don't think they are. I don't think they could afford it, but that would be cool. Yes, Batman Assault on Arkham. It's going to be released late 2014. Okay. And those games are incredibly popular, so people are going to be interested in that. Oh yeah. Well, and you and I want to see death, death of the family. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know if they could do a zero year movie. I would love a zero year movie. That would have to be like a three part thing. I yeah, or at least a two part one. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know it would be a major production, but I it would be so worth it. I think people would buy it. They go nuts over it. I, w- I would go nuts over it. I'd well, buy every copy if I had to. Especially with Gotham coming out and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Batman's going to get really hyped big. Well, especially this year. Yes. Because you got Gotham coming out in the fall. It's his 75th anniversary. You got two animated movies already. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be huge for him. And Zero Year's ending, eventually. Right. So. Yeah. Big Batman. It's just unfortunate he doesn't have a movie coming out. I know. At least Superman did, though. I would have rather had Superman have a movie on his 75th yeah. than Batman, if I'm going to be honest. That's true. 
Especially with how much flack Superman has gotten for so long. Yeah. Yes. I'm okay with it. Great. He's still kind of getting flack. A little bit. Yeah. We just need another Superman uh, versus the Elite type animated feature. Yeah. Because that's fantastic. That's a fantastic move. Well, the, the Brainiac one was good. Yes, Unbound. That was fantastic. Yes. And I really love the All-Star Superman movie, to be honest. I think I like that movie better than yeah. I like the comic. I agree. I thought they did a very nice job with that one. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why the Superman animated features don't sell as well, because I think they're just as good, if not better, than some of the Batman ones. Well, I think they're all rock solid. Well, I do, too. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Batman always sells. Batman always sells. Yep. That's so true. God, I mean, in Justice League, I mean, Batman, I think, sells that because he's in it. Well, right. Yep. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't like about the cover. They really screwed over Green Lantern and the Flash. Cause that's surprising because the Green Lantern still had, I thought, a very big part of the movie. Yeah, I thought so too. Because who's on the cover? It's Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Cyborg, and Shazam. They really should have replaced Cyborg with Green, Ar- or Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and Shazam with Flash. Yeah. Can I just love that scene where um, Batman reveals his identity to Hal? Yes. Green Lantern. That's, I just really like that scene. Do you feel on some level, though, that he should have done that with Superman before Green Lantern? Well, yeah, I was going to talk about that with the, with this movie. I like that they did the X-ray vision thing. Yes. With Superman figuring out his identity. Yes. Gone. Because that's classic. That's how it was done at World's Finest, and that's what makes the most sense. Well, and Batman already knew his. Okay, of course he would. A guy that powerful, he wanted to know everything about him. Yeah. So that that was perfect. So I guess that skipped the need to do that. Yeah, I guess. But you're right. Again, I always believe that Batman met Superman before the Just League. That's the way I vision it. Well, if you've read the uh, Batman Superman book, the New 52 book by Greg Pak, the yes. first arc is actually about their first real meaning. Yeah. And they, and they go to Earth 2 and they see their opposite selves. And that's when they meet for the first time. Superman's in his t-shirt and jeans and Batman's just starting out. It's probably right after zero year. And but don't they forget or something when they come back? They do. Their memories are yeah. wiped. Away. So at it least at one point, on. yeah. didn't meet. Yeah. We just didn't see it, unfortunately. Right. God, it didn't involve Magpie. Right. Yes. I, yeah, that John Bernard is still probably, probably the best meeting between them. It's it's probably my favorite. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah. John Some people Bur- think it's crazy that they use Magpie, but you know. But who cares? <laughs> who cares? It's so good. Yeah, it is. I, I'm telling you that whole John Byrne Man of Steel origin story that it's it truly is fantastic. That that is a little crazy in that arc though. That's true. Okay. That's true. Batman is a lot less child friendly at that point in time. Yes. But you know, it is what it is. 
not, not to go off on a tangent or anything. That's okay. we're on the wrong podcast. Right, right. We're not fat man on a Batman. Uh, yes, or that. Or that. Because I was swinging for the fences on that one. It's all right. I got it. We're not Kevin Smith. We're not that big. Oh, that's unfortunate. I would not mind being Kevin Smith. Okay. To an extent. Just when you not when you go on airplanes. Just not when I go on airplanes. Because you need two seats. Yes. Yes. Ouch. I love Kevin <laughs> Smith. I do. Anyway, we're moving on. This is a funny story. Foot mouth. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to think of what else to go over on this one. I, I really like the animation style. Yes. I I didn't think I would at first because it's it it felt a little anime-ish to yes. me. Yes. But because I do not like anime. If you know anything about me, I'm not a fan of anime at yes. all. That's just that's just me. I'm just not. It is I just don't. But I really did like the way they animated this movie because it had a similar style to anime to an extent, but it also had a DC animated universe yeah. feel. And I thought that was really cool, especially if they're going to be keeping the same character designs for all of the next upcoming movies that are within the same continuity, like uh, Son of Batman and, of course, the Throne of Atlantis movie, whenever that comes out. Um, it, was like, it was like... It won't be, but... Jim Lee stylized anime. Yeah. It was pretty neat. Now, I wish they would have followed Jimmy Jim Lee's art a little more, but I guess it's harder to do an animation, so I get it. Right. Exactly. And, and you don't want to, like, mimic it exactly. Yeah. Because you don't want to seem like you're stealing from him. Right. Exactly. I thought the parademons were done very well. They threw in some CG with them, and that was neat. Yes, I agree. That was really cool. And Cyborg's transformation was much more impressive than it was in the comics. I didn't like how much he had on him, though. Yeah, I'm glad they shaved that down. Yeah, because that was that was a little irritating. It was a little weird. But, Have you been reading Justice League in, right now in the comics? Are you caught up with that book? Yeah, the, I saw his new body. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. I, I hope they get there, too. Because I, I think that's probably a better design, and that's a lot more convenient. Right. And I think it's probably closer to the Super Friends version that Jeff Johns grew up with. So I'm I'm glad that he did that in the comics. Well, I think in this circumstance, it was more of kind of emergency rush procedure. Right. They didn't know what they were doing. Right. It was, well, it's the first time, yeah. Right. Where the next time it was, they were kind of in control of the situation that matters. You know, they weren't totally under attack by parademons. Right. Because right. it was a much quieter, peaceful procedure. Absolutely. But it was weird how that then the metal tube like conformed to Cyborg's body. That was a little strange. Yeah. I'm not sure how I felt about that. They tried to make it a little more organic than it was in the comics. Yeah. Like he had more like, it was like an organic arm almost I ended up going Spider-Man with this um, like symbiote-like metal. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like it, it functioned in that way. That was weird. And, and they didn't really explain it, did they? 
and if they did, and if they did, excuse me, because I obviously wasn't paying as much attention. But no, I mean, they just said they're going to put him through a procedure. It looks really painful. He had all sorts of weird machine parts on him. He looked like a, I don't, some kind of monster from the Black Lagoon or something, or something when he first emerged, and then he got some of the metal shaved off of him. Cause he looks more like cyborg, mm-hmm. but it was weird at first. Nice. I thought his headpiece was like way too big. Got the beginning. Interesting. Cause then it was better. Hmm. Was Carrie paid the voice of Silas Stone? Uh, no, it, it, the guy's name was Rocky Carroll. Okay. He sounded like him. Yeah, he did a little bit, didn't he? Yep. I don't think there were any any people who we know. No. I mean, D, D. Bradley Baker was a parademon, but other than that, it looks like they were all, all different people. D. Bradley Baker does every kind of growling creature in the book. That's true. And no, actually, I'm wrong. Don't quote me on that, because George Newbern was Steve Trevor, which was, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I do like that. It's kind of passing on the torch a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's cool that they included him because they've been having Tim Daly do a lot of the animated Superman voices instead of him. Right. So it's it's nice that they at least put him in something. Yeah, it's to get the fans excited. Well, how did you feel about Superman being abducted and then snapping to Sod's neck? Did he? I did he kill him? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he tw- he twisted his head back. <laughs> he's a goner. Guy's just like, oh, you know, he's just a sod. He's an alien. He comes back anyway. Uh, I don't like it because, well, it's not like a Zod situation. Yeah. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of that in Man of Steel, right. God, this was just like, okay, here you are. We step your duck. Yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't the biggest fan of it in Man of Steel. That was probably my one real gripe with the movie overall. Yeah. But, and and here, I I don't like it either. Because I just don't like it. Okay, it didn't happen in the comic, did it? No, it didn't. No, Desaad is still alive in the comic. He's one of the villains on the Earth 2 book. So that made no sense why they did that. I don't get that. Yeah, that it was like, oh, would this be funny if we did this? Or would this be cool? I mean, I don't know... I don't know why you would do it. Because he wasn't like about to kill Batman. He was just kind of standing there. Yeah. Well, and, and they kind of explain it as Superman was still under Desaad's influence at the time. But then why would Desaad influence him to kill himself? That doesn't make sense either. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird, and I was not a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you have to say, okay, just brush it under the rug. I guess. You know, I think that's probably my biggest gripe with the movie. Yeah. Which, all in all, is saying something. Yeah. I, it doesn't bother me as much when it's like the animated film. <clears throat> because the comic book didn't do it. And that's where I'd be more critical of. It just bothers me if yeah. Superman can anybody. 
that that I know I know it happens and it it does happen, but it yeah. doesn't happen often. And usually, if it does, there's a reason. This didn't seem like there was a reason. Yeah. So I don't know. Because like, oh, we're just trying to support Man of Steel. Come yeah, well, yeah. I don't I don't know if that really worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you got to be very careful when you have a superhero kill somebody. I agree. Because I think the way they handled that on Arrow with Oliver killing, with Green Arrow killing people in the first season and then realizing that he's been a vigilante all this time, he's not a hero and he wants to become a hero, so in season two he doesn't. That I liked. Gwen, he's been known to kill people. Right. Well, and even in season two when he says, I'm not going to kill anybody anymore, he ends up killing, spoiler alert, Count Vertigo to save Felicity because otherwise she's go- she is going to die. Right. And there was an actual reason for that to happen. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of that because I like I'm that surprised character. that doesn't happen to Batman more often, but... Well, that's like his one rule. I know. You know what happened the last time they tried to make him kill somebody? Yeah, I know. You didn't like it. Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm I, surprised he doesn't get in that situation that um, <laughs> Oliver did on that episode of Arrow. I, I think he's a little more careful with his identity, though. That's true. I think that's just Batman being more paranoid and Oliver being more open and trusting. That's why he tells people under the age of 18. <laughs> right. <laughs> Touche. Cut Alfred doesn't go out as much as Felicity, so that's good. <laughs> well, and Alfred can fight. That's true. We know that. Depending on what interpretation you're talking about. Well, even in the old interpretations, he still had um, training. He was still in the Secret Service. Right, right. Batman was serious, yes. I don't know about the one on the TV show. On Gotham? No. Oh, oh on... Um, oh. The 60s. Yeah, we're not going to... That's not really Batman. <laughs> but he did have a mask. He did? Oh, my God. That, that was literally the worst. When they would take Alfred out on a mission or something and just put a mask on him. That was the worst. And he had his glasses on over the mask. That was... Oh, that's terrible. It's so bad. Don't you love it? I don't. I don't love it. It's so terrible. Oh, my. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of him doing that in the movie. Yes. I, I mean, I understand. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and sometimes I don't even think they, they're thinking about that which worries me even more <laughs> yes that that's bad it was three in the morning oh they were already drawn and shot whoops whoops yeah i, I don't know i just mm, i don't know where were you jeff johns exactly i don't know that, that it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me I don't well know about- again that goes with the new 52 superman my issues with him being just kind of this brutal thug. Yeah. An angry, an angry person. Yeah. Which makes no sense when we watched 10 years of a version of Superman trying to get over his anger issues. Right. It's like you're doing the opposite of what I sat 10 years watching, but okay. Well, and with the start of the New 52, 
I like with Grant Morrison's action comics, I did want to give it a shot only because I didn't think that was going to be their end all be all version of Superman. Right. But he really hasn't changed a whole lot since that five years ago version. And that and that's what worries me a little bit. And I think with Jeff Johns taking over Superman yes. after Scott Lobdell leaves, and I think with Charles Soule on um, Superman Wonder Woman, and I think with Greg Pak on both action and uh, Superman Bat- or Batman Superman, it's gonna it's gonna change. But I, I don't know. Well, Superman oh. Unchained was good. Superman Unchained is good. That that was as close as they've gotten to can be portrayed the right way. Yeah, the traditional Superman. Um, I think Jeff Johns is taking over because he realizes there's a problem and it needs to be fixed. I, well, and I th- and I think he realizes that oh crap, Superman sales are going down. Because yes. I don't think Superman sales are nearly as good as any other character DC has. He's like give the give the rings back to Daddy. We're here yeah. to fix this. Well, and he and he knows how to write Superman. He wrote Superman. He wrote Action Comics. He his his mentor is Richard Donner. Yeah. No, he's one of the best Superman writers. I think so. Period. I think so, too. Can, can you just get Jerry Ordway to do the artwork on the book? Give the poor guy, guy Give him some work. Give him some work, dang it. Yes. I think he's... No, I do think he's doing... Now, John Romita Jr. is a great call for when Jeff Johns comes back. Yes. But give Jerry Ordway some work. I, I, I do think, though, Dan, that he got a job on the Adventures of Superman book for an arc. Nice. Jerry Ordway. I, be, I believe that's what I heard. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I am glad about that. Because he's, he's very good. Dan Jorgens is good, too. Yeah, and he was on Superman at first. Yep. I don't know what happened. Some Although, kind of to be honest, difference. I just mind his arc. I, I liked his arc, actually. But yeah. then they took him off the book. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. Can, I don't know. Does that sum up everything with Justice League War? That I I think so. Um, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to Throne of Atlantis, the movie, which is where they seem to be going from their ending credits. I want them to announce it already. Yes. Because right now all they have announced is Son of Batman and Batman Assault on Arkham. Right. So I think we need that announced. It's probably coming. And if you, you know, enjoyed the first episode of the Justice League animated series, I like that origin story a little better because I grew up with that. Same. Um, but this is a good interpretation. Got a very good adaptation except for that one killing scene. And if you like the comic, you'll like this. I think so, too. Good story, different take on it, and great voice actors. Yes. Yes, for sure. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Uh, it's quite a shorter this shorter episode this week. God, we're going to give things to Michael now as we go into the closing, where he's going to tell us in his announcer man voice what we're doing on our next episode. Which did we decide? Guess we did. We were going to cover Superman Doomsday. Yes, we did. Yes. Okay. On the next episode of the DC Nation podcast, we are actually going to be doing another animated film review of Superman Doomsday. Yes, the 2008 film that is based off the death of Superman story arc. We will be doing an episode on. uh, We're going to be picking up with uh, where our commentaries left off back in 2012. So, this isn't going to be a commentary. This is just going to be us discussing the movie like we did 
with Justice League War today. Yep. Because we noticed with commentaries, we had a tendency to go off on these wild tangents. Yes. Or make fun of the movie at points. Yes. And so we thought you guys might take us a little bit more seriously if we just did a standard review. Yep. And and while it may be however many years too late, six years yes. too late, with uh, the Superman Doomed arc coming out in May for the New 52, their version of the quote-unquote Death of Superman, or at least the reintroduction of Doomsday into the New 52, I think that's a good one to be covering before then. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm glad we're starting there, and then we're going to probably be doing the rest of the DC animated movies after that at some point. Yes, and also we're going to uh, finish Forever Evil discussing that. We're just going to wait till the arc ends because I just think that's a more productive way to cover it instead of doing it week by week because it's just easier to keep track of for us on our end. Yeah. And for even more information, add reviews on all the favorite DC animated films and shows and whatnot we cover here. Cut out our other podcasts. Come, you can check out the blogs available on our website at acrosstheairwaves.com. Also, if you'd like, you can check out our spinoff podcasts. We've got It's Tangent Time, hosted by Michael. And can you explain that to our listeners, to everyone, Michael? That's That show is basically just Woo, S, Tim, and I going to town on whatever geeky topics we want to talk about uh, in whatever week we're doing it. Uh, we're actually going to be doing one this week because there's no new episode of Arrow this week, unfortunately. Sad face. But we are going to be back after that with Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, with our review on Suicide Squad in two weeks. So definitely check out both those shows, The Next Standard Time and Longbow Hunters. Yeah, in case you didn't catch Michael's trip there, Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, is an episode that covers individual episodes of the hit CWCV, CWTV series Arrow. Also, if you watch other great dramas or live-action shows on television, you can check out our reviews on quite a big majority of them on our podcast called Across the Airwaves. There we do weekly TV shows, weekly TV show reviews on another number of programs, including Revolution, Supernatural, Castle, Once Upon a Time, The Following, Game of Thrones coming soon. Call I Much Your Mother, Psych, Modern Family, The Big Bang Theory, Community, and a whole lot more. So if you're into live-action dramas or sitcoms, check out Across the Airwaves for coverage on all the great stuff Terry got TV during the week. In addition to that, if you're a fan of stuff on the Marvel superhero side of things, we've got the Color Carrier Podcast, hosted by Andy Babacht, another one of our people here that works for us at the podcast. And that podcast covers episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in greater detail. So if you're into that show that's airing on ABC, check out the Hell of a Carrier podcast. Hosted by Andy, got myself as called the current co-host. Yep. Also, if you like, you can contact us in a variety of ways. You can contact us through email. What's our email address, Michael? Acrosstheirwaves at gmail.com. Guess that's acrosstheirwaves at gmail.com. And also, you can uh, like us on Facebook to stay up to date on all of our uh, news on the entertainment and television industry. And in addition to that, 
Come, you can stay updated on our podcast releases. Come for that same information. You can follow us on Twitter, cut across their ways, or join our circle on Google+. Call us if you'd like. Come, you can leave us a voicemail come, where you can share your own thoughts on animated films like Justice League War, come, comic books going on, or maybe you'd suggest things you would like Michael and I to cover or read. Come, what number can people call come, to do that, Michael? One seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. God, we also have got a YouTube channel filled with all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming Across the Airways events, God, television show episodes, and the big movies coming out this summer, God, including, God, including Captain America: The Winter Soldier, X Men: Days of Future Past. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Robocop, which has already been released. We've got some of the stuff that's already been released. As well as, trying to think of some of the other things coming out this summer. Transformers, Transformers. Age of uh, Extinction, and then Godzilla, probably? Yes, we've, had, we've got those trailers as well. We've got trailers for the Muppets, which is yes. coming out in two weeks. Yes. Yes, and so we've got all that there. Got also, uh, you can listen to our podcast on the mix now that's a radio network come out of miami you can just search it through google come at the mix can we air episodes of the dc nation podcast at 4 p.m on their radio network as well as you know when they're released on a regular website and also um if you don't want to go back through this podcast for all the ways you can contact us you can download our app on stitcher radio which will let you stay in contact with our podcast. Can listen to our podcast on your iPad, iPhone, and Android device. Can if you're looking for something a little bit fancier, come you can download our podcast box app or our Android app on the Amazon Marketplace. So once again, for our other ATA podcast hosts, Nico Reifstech, Luke Evans, Andy Gabak, I'm Dan Schmidt, and I'm Michael J. Petty. Get it till our next episode. We will catch you on the airway. See you guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts on this film. Because remember, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. See you guys. Absolutely nothing. Listen to me.